The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, and this is my podcast, my weekly show, dedicated to helping all of you live healthier and happier in your lives, how to utilize, hopefully, my unique brand of small steps to make changes that are real and lasting and, you know, changes. Because see, a short-term thing isn't a change. That's the thing that you do for a while and then you stop doing it, like a diet. But it's not a change. A change to me is something that is an actual transformation. It's something that on the other end of it, you are doing something differently or are different than you were before. I think my small steps approach does a phenomenal job of of achieving both of those outcomes. You're a different person and you are doing things differently. But the cool thing is with small steps, I think, is that there is no end date. So it's not that you, you don't finish the small step thing and then move on. It is a way of approaching your life. It is a an it is a philosophy of living. And so that's why as a as a podcaster, I mean this was from day 1 I fashioned this podcast and envisioned it really as a philosophy discussion week to week. In fact, the classes that I teach at the Stanford Inn when I do, you know, that are really like nutrition focused but almost the first words out of my mouth are, this is a philosophy discussion. This is a, a thinking about the way that you think about food and, and seeing if there's more common sense ways to look at the things that we do in, in today's world. And especially this is the, uh, you know, leading eventually to the subject of this week's podcast. But anyway, welcome one and all to you. If you're just joining me, glad that you are here um, hang tight. It's an unconventional podcast to be sure. Most of the episodes of the 194, that the that's what I'm doing today, 194th, but most of the episodes overwhelmingly um, are just me talking about ideas and ways to think about these kinds of things. Once in a while, I'll pepper in a, um, an interview uh, that you know is interesting. It's like Bill Psycholic recently, but I've had, gar- I mean, look, at, look back at the guests, right? Garth Davis, uh, Matt Frazier, Matt Fitzgerald, lots of Matts, Matt Druno, who is a uh, ecology action gardener. Uh, we talked about you know agriculture, all these kind of cool things. Um, yeah, so so pretty. Uh, Gene Bauer. There's there's you know not a ton, but the ones are they're qual. I mean they're the best guests ever uh, in the history of mankind. I just happen to have them here. Rich Roll for crying out loud. Julie Pyatt, his wife, and. He is her husband. Had them both on separately. You kidding me? Yeah, high high octane podcast that that this is that this is. Okay, Ooh. I have runners high from that intro. Runners high. You guys know what I'm drinking today? Water? No, not even tea yet. Okay, here's what I did. I want to tell you guys what I did. If you're if you're just joining me, this is gonna be nothing to you. So go back and listen to old episodes. Right now, I'm reaching out for a lamp and I missed it. My hand is like four feet past it and just fishing around as I'm talking to you. Okay, this has gone deeply, deeply off the rails. But um, I used to get up, and by used to, I mean a few weeks ago was still, get up in the morning and I'd have an espresso with Lisa. We'd have an espresso and then we'd get the kids ready for school and we'd kind of hang and actually we'd get the kid ready for school. Then we'd have an espresso and hang and then I'd take them to school. We kind of knocked out the morning espresso. Um, So I'm doing one less per day and kind of digging it, you guys. Now, this is part and parcel of the whole 
time-restricted eating thing that I've been incorporating in my life uh, that has been working extremely well. Um, and so there's a little, I can't get a definitive on whether coffee is upsets that. The idea is that you eat between certain times. You know, like you eat, I've been eating within a about a nine-hour window. Not calorically restricting, but just, just I'm eating between, you know, 10 and 7. You know, that that's kind of like my thing. But most days, I really don't eat anything till noon, and I kind of finish up around 6.30. That's kind of most days. But it depends. But but generally, between 9 hours and less of time, I'm eating, okay? But the espresso, you know, people say like, oh, as soon as you drink an espresso, that does start your digestion. Some people say that's not definitive. Tea, I'm not, I can't quite, I'm not quite sure. Neither here nor there. I, I kind of rushed through that espresso anyway. It wasn't needed. It wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it. I know that espresso is not good for me. Got it, you guys, right? If you're just joining me, nobody is 100% in their lives. Nobody. You might try to be in one area, but you're not going to be in another area if you do. It's about evening things out. And we do things that we enjoy that aren't as good for us, but we ideally know that. And we make choices around that such that we don't do those things so much that they debilitate us. And if at the point that they do, we are small steppers and we say, I'm going to minimize this a little bit. I'm going to bring this down. I love, personally, love espresso and coffee. So I don't do it too much, specifically because I do love it. Isn't that amazing? The things that you love the most that give you maybe the most pleasure Look at them because maybe you love them so much, maybe you're going to make a good decision about that for you, which is I better find a place to put these in my life so that they're not debilitating. Otherwise, I'm going to get to the point where I can't have them anymore. I don't want to have heart problems so that I can never drink coffee again or worse, decaf. Worse than not drinking coffee is drinking decaf. Look, that's just my scientifically educated mind speaking on coffee. Okay, it has nothing to do with taste at all. That's just science. It's just pure, pure science. If you're just joining me, I am a certified nutritionist. I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn. I also take private clients now and then, really minimizing that like one client at a time. Like that's what I do. One client at a time. You work with me for a month and uh, it's just you and me, baby. And it's fun. I teach you my small step system. Uh, but it's it's in depth. There's no doubt about that. You're 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 doing the the cool work, unlike you've ever done. If you want to find out more information about that, just go to sidgarzahillman.com. That you can find out everything about me at that website, sidgarzahillman.com, including all my social media links and all that kind of crap. Okay, here's what I focus on these days: this podcast and my YouTube channel. That's it. Podcast, YouTube. Now you guys know I love the Strava. I'm not saying I don't love the Strava, but I just once I was writing my book, I just stopped all social media, and that included Strava, which to me is social media, but it's the coolest of the social media. Um, and I dabbled on it. I, you know, I run one day a week now. Like <laughs> I just can't. I got used to run running one day a week during the writing of the book, and then it just stuck. But not for. I got. It, I'll get back into running, but more on the music thing later, because that's one of the reasons I'm not running is because of what I'm doing musically. So I'm kind of excited about that. I am moving around. A lot, I will say. I'm not a stagnant person, so I still. Um, if you're just joining me, something called I do something called integrated exercise. I haven't talked about it in a while in this podcast, so I will now. But that is still alive and well. Integrated exercise is a way that that we can uh, become more natural. This will lead into the subject of this week's episode, by the way. Become more natural. 
um, in our lives in little but very profound ways. One of those ways is to move our bodies more than not. In other words, sitting at a desk, regardless of whether you get up in the morning and run for a half hour, sitting or 45 minutes, sitting at a desk all day in front of a computer and barely getting up after that isn't a good thing for our bodies physically. And I argue for our minds as well. I think we get up and we move. Now, people go, well, I don't have time because I, 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 I sit at a desk. I have a job. I can't get up and go you know, for a 30-minute walk. And I'm going, but that's the small stepper's way. So for me, integrated exercise is if I take the stairs, I run the stairs. First of all, I do take the stairs. Second of all, I run the stairs. That's boom. I knock that off my little – about every hour I try to do that during the day. I, go, I get down and do 10 push-ups. I do 10 squats. We, these are things that take – a matter of seconds, like 15 seconds, it breaks up during the day. So because I'm not running multiple days per week doesn't mean I'm not moving my body. I am moving my body. I'm very active with my children over the weekend. I was running around the, the field and you know playing catch and all those. Like, it was like a field of dreams. We just did a reenactment of the field of dreams. I was like, build it. They will come. I was just throwing a Nerf ball with my, with my son. Um. But but the point is is we uh, and I had a discussion with this with my with a client recently actually um, about this very thing which is this practice this small steps approach if it, one of the things it does really really cool uh, that is really cool is it shines light on the things that you are doing we so many times I've talked to people who go oh, I just don't have time to exercise but they're kind of doing stuff but they don't notice it because they have an idea of what exercise is and because they're not doing that thing they think. I, I don't exercise. Well, if you asked me, I'd say, I exercise. I lift stuff. I move around. I run around with my kids. I'm moving. And, and I'm doing very intentional, integrated exercise on top of that. So it isn't really in running. Yes, I'm running one day a week. But I'm exercising every day. I mean, every day. Now, am I doing 30 minutes at zone two? No. But again... Break it down. Break it down the definitions of these things. These are not things, these are things we made up in the first place. And so we can unmake them up just as easily. We're the only species that says, here's what exercise is or has to be, or here's what you should be doing. We're the only ones. Every other animal moves around during the day. They don't look at a stopwatch, they don't look at a heart rate monitor. They move around. Sometimes they have to move around fast because they're being chased by something. They don't go, um, can you not chase me so much? Because I'm getting into zone three, and that's making me nervous. My heart rate's peaking. My VO2 max is decreasing because you're chasing me so fast. Can you slow down, leopard? Um, that, was, that was a pretty good invitation. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> by the way, that was a lemur that I was uh, imitating. I'm sure you guys knew that. Thank you to everybody who supports this podcast in whatever form that you do. That means uh, throwing a review up on iTunes, subscribing to the damn pod. I guess I'm supposed to ask for people to subscribe to the I just go like if you're listening to the podcast, I'm assuming you subscribe, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you just get on there every week and search and play it. So go ahead and subscribe. It makes my numbers go up. Literally, when you subscribe, that makes the number go up. Okay, it's like a direct effect. Fantastic. On my website, you can also just, uh, there's a little button that you can move your mouse to and push it and donate to the podcast. A few bucks a month, guys, huge, okay? It's what keeps me going here. It is uh, the work that I do, and yeah, it's cool if you guys can throw me some change if you can do it. If you can't, then just throw me a review on iTunes or Amazon, okay? Um, Stanfordin.com is where I work. Got an excellent, excellent uh, retreat starting this week. There's another one in September 
which includes trail runs, cooking classes, a gardening class, a nutrition class with me. So, so fun. I mean, so this is this one's a great one. So go to stanfordin.com and you can look at retreats, specials and retreats right there at the top of the website. Okay, and go check that out and come hang out with me for a few days. How What could be worse? Not, I mean, better. What could be better? Oh, man, I need to drink more water. Okay, uh, so that led to the whole thing of me drinking water was started off on that tirade. The point is, is I'm doing less espresso per day. Did I mention that? And so getting up in the, in the morning and just kind of taking it easy with some water and then eventually, you know, 10 or 11, I'll have an espresso and my energy levels have kind of evened out a little bit and it's been nice. I'm kind of, I'm kind of totally okay with that. Again, weekends, I get up and have a cup of coffee, but during the week, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Again, most of the time, right? You, you try to achieve hundred percent, your brain goes into militancy. Then all of a sudden you're not in charge anymore. All of a sudden you miss a day. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I miss, I miss a day or I can't do what you're doing. I can't go have fun with you because I have to do this thing because I can't miss a single day because I can't miss a single day. I've gone 97 days in a row. I can't break the streak that I made up myself that nobody cares about except for me and my brain. That's ruining my life because I made a streak out of it. Okay. I just assumed you just go streaking. That's my 1970s. I will be um, at the Triangle Veg Fest in Durham, North Carolina, August 26, 27. That's kind of creeping up a little bit. And that's 2017. And then Portland uh, is confirmed. I don't know what I'm talking about yet. I mean, I know. I mean, they just don't. They haven't told me what t- t- what the titles they want. I'll put it that way. I gave them some choices. They haven't made them. October 14th and 15th in Portland, Oregon. Can't wait to see my buddy John Spellman, who lives up there, and his family. I'll be hanging out with them. That's October 14th and 15th. I'll be there both days doing a talk each day. So that's nwveg.org, northwestveg.org, at VegFest. Triangle VegFest, by the way, is trianglevegfest.com. I may be in Los Angeles, but I don't know. Talks are in the underway for me being in Los Angeles sometime in September, but I will let you guys know. That would be awesome because my book is coming around out around that time that I will be in Los Angeles, so that would be a very good timing. My new book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. It is about healthy families, raising healthy families, being healthy as a family. Sometimes the struggles associated with doing things that are uh, healthy in a in a world where the people aren't, and and this, by the way, this brings up this recurring theme in my life and just people who are living well. They get the kind of like, uh, you know, you're it's so extreme. I can't be that extreme. And often, you know, you, the things that we think of or people think of as extreme are often the most normal things in the world for us as an animal. More on that in this week's episode. But be careful before you accuse somebody of having an extreme diet. Actually look at their diet. It's only extreme in relationship to the craziness of what most people eat day to day. But as animals, human animals, it's oftentimes not that extreme. To me, extreme is like the powders and the processed and the refined and the factory farm kind of just crazy that's extreme that's extreme that it's so extreme that it's debilitating to us physically and mentally so that's how i know it's extreme you go a little more natural a little more simply it may look a little weird 
but it ain't weird, technically. Dig? Yes? Okay. Anyway, so the book helps negotiate that kind of side of thing. Because as soon as you make the moves into healthier eating, then, then everyone comes out of the woodwork. You are eating weird. I don't, that doesn't, I could never do, that doesn't look good to me. What do you, why are you so extreme? <sighs> it's exhausting. Why don't you go do your thing and let me freaking do my thing? How about that? Would that be fun? YouTube, I think I just posted my 128th episode. Uh, sorry, uh, video. 128th video. 128. That's a lot. I don't even remember 127 of them. I remember the one I posted this morning, which is called How Much I Earn. Um, and uh, I'm not going to tell you much more about that. Go look. How Much I Earn. Okay, I want to discuss about, you know, I want to do a little discussion of what I earn. But it's just a vlog and fun stuff too. Okay. Um, one more little bit of news. I have to mention each week because I'm getting, I really am. I promise you I'm getting close to launching my new company, which is a, I'll tell you, a 12-week subscription Start to finish, 12 weeks. It's not a, you're not locked in. You finish. You're 12 weeks, you're done. And uh, videos every week, daily emails, weekly live Q&As, um, exclusive content, this whole thing. You're immersed in the Small Steppers uh, system. You learn it from start to finish, all aspects of it. It's very thorough. And you are prepared and, and, and you're set to to continue on your own. You are, you are equipped with so much information and so many tools that after the 12 weeks, you're on your way in, in a very real way. And I'm not joking about that. Very real way. So uh, I tested the live Q&A platform over the weekend with the, the people that are testing the system for me. That worked out great. So every week, live Q&A. So you're doing this thing and you just jump on and go, what about this? What about this? And I'm answering, boom, 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 rapid fire, boom. And then I'm on my way. And then I'm just drinking whiskey after that. I'm just I'm just looking ahead to seeing reality what I will be doing. I was a guest on the Touching the Trail podcast with my friend Jared. Jared is a great guy. He is um, Jared Contreras. He's a seven, eight, probably 18 now, 17, 18 years. He's graduated from high school uh, like any week now. And he'll be going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo next year, starting as a freshman. But just an ultra marathoner, 17, like high school kid, just kicking butt. Like he's just, he has a, had a podcast for a while. Was on, I was on a while ago. He asked me to come back on. And just really cool. Like he's just a great kid. His dad is awesome. And we had a really good discussion about uh, the nature of relaxation, on running, on race directing, and even a lot of questions he had for me on music, um, which is cool. And his dad has, has actually bought my albums, which I didn't know until he told me in the podcast that is, he goes, my dad bought your albums on iTunes. I was like, wow. Um, and so, so that's very cool. But it's a good podcast, Touching the Trail. I will link to it in the show notes of this week's episode. But on the music front, um, I am I three songs I have written, three songs in three weeks. Again, I can see the forming of, this is how my brain works, and I'm not the only one, I know it. But in my brain, I go three songs in three weeks. I should shoot for a song a week. Like that's my natural, in my brain, I'm going, okay, so three, okay, so, and then I start to feel this little build up of pressure in the solar plexus area. It builds up into the ribs and lung area there. I feel the pressure uh, oh, one day, one song per, per week, such that if I don't make that one song, I will feel what, guess what, get wait for it, I'll feel like a failure. 
there it is. But here's what else I know, because I'm a small stepper. That ain't me. That ain't me. I'm a songwriter. That's for sure. I play music. Yep, you're damn straight. I write songs. Yeah, and I'm doing that. Do I have a schedule? Do I have to hit one per, per, per week? No, I don't. I absolutely do not. Am I enjoying coming home from taking the kids to school and sitting down and playing for like a very focused 30 to 45 minutes? Yeah, like nobody's business. And that's why I'm not running in the mornings most days because I'm doing playing the music. And I, it, it's, I love it. And I go, also my brain, I should have done this years ago, but that's not where I was. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I was a songwriter for years in Los Angeles, long as I didn't know how to do it. But why, when I moved up here, did it take 10 years for me to sit down? I don't know. And guess what? I don't care. I mean, I really don't care. I, I, years ago, I would have wanted to know why or should have. And God, I can't believe I did, 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 wanted to analyze it. I don't want to analyze it. It's The time is now for me to be doing this. You want to know why? Because I'm doing it and I'm loving it. I'm not, this is not discipline. This is not forcing anything. This is like, all of a sudden, I was setting up my music in the thing. Like I finished my book. The race was done. I had free time. And I was like, I'll start. I literally was thinking, I'll start running again. But I just didn't. And all of a sudden, I'm like in my studio on the weekend, setting up my guitar and my amp and my chair and putting a notebook out there and putting the cassette that has all my ideas on it that I talked about last week and just creating this little thing where I walk in, flip on the amplifier and play, done. I, there's no setup. It's there. It's all set up. I've talked about this before. When you guys want to you know, do a step of painting or drawing or music or writing, one of the amazing first steps to do before you do anything is just get everything accessible so that when you do have the muse go, oh, I have an idea, you don't have to go, well, now I got to get the guitar out of the case and I have to tune it and I have to plug it into this and get my amp out of the closet because it has cobwebs on it. I have to de-web it. It's there. You walk in, flip it on, and it's fresh and it's rolling. I uh, had a client years ago who who wanted to quilt. Hadn't had had quilted before, but you know it, the busyness of our lives, right? Hadn't quilted for years. And her first amazing step was go in the room that had a bunch of crap in it and her quilting stuff was buried and to get that stuff out, organize that room and put the quilting stuff accessible. Just have it. I said, don't even quilt. Don't do one thing that quilters do because I don't know the technique. I did. Don't pick up a needle, if, but I don't know if they use needles. See, um, don't touch it. Just set it up. And that was the first step. And then she walked out of the room and it was like, just leave that. And then eventually it was like, okay, now do you want to do a quilting step? And it was like, yes, 10 minutes a week, I think is what literally what she started. I can't quite remember, but it was something like that, like 10 minutes a week. But then it was like a good 10, it was a real 10 minutes. It wasn't 10 minutes of nine minutes of setting up the quilting stuff and doing one minute and going, I'm out of here. It was walking in because it was already set up and getting 10 full minutes out of this thing. I think this is partly related to the struggle that I had writing this next, the new book that I wrote, um, that is being edited and kind of in its final stages, which is very exciting. Uh, but I had a hard time focusing, as you guys know, who've listened to this podcast before. And I read that book, Deep Work, by Cal Newport, and and really was the right time for that. I saw the video that he did the TED Talk and, and read this book and have been very focused since then. I mean, that was when I shut social media down, when I went, I cannot, I, I, I have to do this because I want to write this book. And I realized this is, this is a, almost a crisis of, of attention. I couldn't, I couldn't pay attention for more than like five, 10 minutes. It was freaking me out. I've since then gotten better, not quite where I want to be, but better at, at really like shutting things off and getting work done such that when I 
come in to write the music in the morning, it is a 30 to 45 minute of intense work, focused work. I'm not distracted. I don't have my phone with me. I'm not checking anything. I am playing for that 30, 45 minutes. And I remember when I was a full-time songwriter going in my studio for hours, and I swear to you, not much more productive than I am right now in 45 minutes because it's because I know I have 45 minutes. I'm able to focus on it, and I got to go. I got to go because I got to go to work at the Stanford Inn. So it's like there's my time, and it's been it's been a, a good exercise in that regard too, which, by the way, is one of the things of small stepping is, is each step – is so much beyond the step itself. Each step teaches you tools to apply to other areas, tools of hard work, tools of getting used to being uncomfortable and knowing how to manage that and 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 wade through that and knowing that that is eventually going to feed you a, a life that you want is the struggle and the and the discomfort. Every step you do beyond the 10 squats is you getting up and doing something for you. It's it's backing that out and saying, well, this step is, yes, this one is about, about squats, but it's also about me taking care of myself throughout the day. It's also me holding on to my strength and power and not sitting at a desk for eight hours because I think I should or have to and realizing you're just as just as productive and all these kinds of amazing things. All these things happen by what? By engaging in your life, by you being in control, you being the director of your movie. That's when you start seeing the tools that are much broader than any single step. So music for now, who knows what it's going to be later. If I take on another project, I don't know. But it's pretty amazing to create these kinds of things and and and, and live with them as it goes. Okay, I wanted to talk about something briefly. Um, I don't know why I'm getting into food a little bit the last couple episodes, it won't stick. If you're just joining me, like I barely talk about food for a reason because never have I met somebody whose issue is food. I just, it's usually the symptom and the go-to solution for other things in their lives that aren't working the way that they want them to work. And then they go to more lectures about diet when they probably already know enough about food. And uh, But again, their distraction is like, let's talk about really what we're talking about here. Let's talk about what we're really talking about because it ain't protein. It's that you're stressed and you're not, you think you should be doing this and should be doing that and not doing enough of this and not doing enough of that. And you're pissed and you're vulnerable and you're fatigued and you come home at the end of the day and you eat something that you would prefer not to eat most days. But you do because you're tired. So is it really the food or is it the other stuff? Got it? Small stepper. Philosophy. Whoa. Yes. Thinking. The brain. Got it? Okay. With that said, I'm going to dive in real quick to talk about, last week I talked about caloric concentration. And kind of related to that is what I've been talking about for literally for a couple of years now because it, it occurred to me in, 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 in my teaching nutrition classes at the inn actually. But I was thinking, and you know, you know, my guys is, my, my whole thing is approaching the natural, obviously, <laughs> the name of this podcast and my book and everything else. Um, but I want you to think about this week is the energy expended for the energy gained. And what I've talked about for a few years is I, I ask people in, a, uh, in, in the class, I go, okay, go, if I put you in, 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 the, in nature right now, just dumped you off and said, okay, there's an almond tree. Go pick me and shell me enough almonds to fill you know, a handful. How long would it take? And most people have a general idea. They go, wow, it would probably take a little pretty long, right? Because they'd have to pick each one and, and an almond doesn't come like you think an almond comes, it comes in a wrapping because it's on a freaking tree. 
So you'd have to take the wrapping, the shell off, and get down to that, and that'd be one almond. Then you pick another one, and so on and so forth. I also have talked many a time of the side note, which is you're also outside in the sun, so you're getting vitamin D. You're also moving your body, by the way. So there is an energy expenditure, and you're in nature, and you're breathing fresh air in theory. Okay. So then I go, now go to the market and get me a handful of almonds. How long does that take? And they go, well, 10, you know, I had to drive there, which is a minute away and go walk in the thing. I go, okay, so the driving there is no energy expended, virtually none. You're driving, you're being moved by a car. You walk in, that's 20 paces, okay? Because I'm in 1842 now, 20 paces. And then we have shovels in the bulk bin of our almonds. We, and they're already shelled. They're all done. You take a shovel and you shovel it out. You buy a bag that's already been pre-packed and you pay for it and you walk out. Nuts and seeds, fairly high in calories because they're mostly fat and fat carries more calories per gram. Don't worry about it. Don't even think about it past what I just said there. I'm just saying they're more caloric. And because they're more caloric, think about the energy that you expend to get them. So as people walk around snacking on almonds all day or sitting at their desk snacking on almonds all day, that's a pretty wide divide between the energy that you're getting from those almonds and the energy that you're expending, a much wider divide that would than would exist in nature if you were having to do the direct work of getting those almonds into your mouth, that it, it's more evened out. Then I ask this question, walk in nature now and go pick me an apple. How long does that take? And they go, oh, a second, you just pick it off the tree. And I go, okay, now go to the market and pick me an apple. How long does that take? And they go, actually about the same time. So as you go up the heavy light box to heavy box spectrum that I talk about in my book, and if you haven't gotten my book, either buy it, which would be great, or go to sidgarzahillman.com, put your email address in and get a free chapter of the book um, and that talks about this, my nutritional approach, light box to heavy box. As you move up the light box to heavy box spectrum, you get closer to what is more natural with regard to the energy that you put out to get that energy back. As you move up, fruits and vegetables being at the heaviest box area, when you pick a cucumber off the shelf of a market, it's, a, it's not that far off from bending down and picking one out of the ground or some sort of similar plant out of the ground. It's a little more one-to-one, meaning that as you assess your own diet and say, well, why am I not losing weight? It could be that the energy that you're expending, of course, to me, it's always going to be the quality of calories. You up the quality of calories, you get more of the micronutrients per calorie, you're better off. You go heavier box, period, done, end of story. But in that sort of realm of the whole plant area, what are the foods that you're eating that in nature would be a little more effort to get? And are you just flooding your body with those things? Because probably you're not expending the effort that you would in nature to create more of a balance in your body. So you move up a little bit and you eat a little more fruits and veg- fresh fruits and vegetables versus the nuts and seeds or the whole grains and beans. You sort of move up that spectrum a little bit more. You still eat the whole grains and beans, throw in some nuts and seeds, but you're upping your fruits and vegetables because those are a little more one-to-one given the fact that you're you know, not running eight hours a day or moving your body eight hours a day. Now, if you're an ultra marathon or you're doing some triathlons or whatever exercise you're doing... And, be, and you have a job and you're busy, you may need to do a little more of the nuts and seeds to get the same amount of calories while still maintaining the level of health that I'm so fond of. And it really is what I'm fond of. I mean, this po- whole podcast is dedicated to things that I'm, quote, fond of. Okay? Hey. Now, whoever's on a treadmill right now, run 20 more paces for me. Okay? 20 more paces for Sid. 
So that's what I wanted to touch about. On that note, uh, I was at the end and there was a, I always talk to this woman. She's a dietitian. I'm a dietitian. And you, you should really look into, this is what she's telling me. You should, there, there's my first red flag. You should look into some sort of thing. I, you, after that, I heard, this is what I heard. For like 30 seconds. Because she started talking about protein. And some f- conference to discuss this kind of protein and these kinds of protein, pea protein and dip, 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 and I just, I didn't really get into it because I don't really want to get into, oh, <laughs> oh, she talking about insects. You should go, there's a thing about insects because there's really good source of, quote, they're a really good source of protein. I go, I'm not going to eat, in, I don't, it, insects. Did you know that you just talked about insects? Eating them? Uh, rare is the scenario that I can envision myself sitting down to a big old plate of insects. I'll tell you that much. That would be on a need to consume basis, like if I was in a tundra and had no food. And I would just eat insects. That's great. But I also wouldn't be giving a, just a single crap about protein at that point at all. It just, are these the calories that are going to be accessible to me? Okay, hand me that cockroach. Let's game on. Um, and then I saw a little bit later at the Mendocino Film Festival, and she's still on a protein. I finally, I was like, well, you know... I had to say something then because it sort of like kept going. I was like, you know, I'm really squarely in the low protein camp. Like I don't, I'm not a high protein person. And furthermore, I don't advocate for like pea protein and things like that. Uh, They're better than other kinds of protein like whey protein, but they're still extracted and not whole and they've lost all the stuff that's good in the freaking pea. So can I just want to get away from the whole protein. I didn't say all this. This was internally. All I said was, you know, I'm really in the low protein camp. And then I said something like, well, but, you know, it's interesting just to kind of be, no, I want to be, I don't want to be mean. I want to be nice, actually, because the real me goes, yeah, it's, we, we differ in opinions, okay? I happen to be right, and she's wrong. But I look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to split hairs. Everybody's, I don't want to judge. No, no, don't judge anybody. Uh, man, see, I should be drinking espresso because I'd be so much kinder right now in this podcast. I should never tell stories on water only. By the way. Uh, this is my dial back day. So I am I am watering myself all day until dinner. Water until dinner. Favorite day of the week. You wanna know why? I get up in the morning, hang out with the kids, pour my I make them smoothies and stuff, but then I and, and I make Lisa her smoothie, but then I pour jar two jars of water, walk out the door. I two jars of water, walk out the door, feel great, clean out, good, great, right? Okay. Uh, subject of this week's episode, fish out of water. Now, this is obviously going to talk about my approaching the natural idea. Um, there are moments, and I've had a few this week, where I just I look around and I real and I'm in the camp too of realizing how much of a confused, afraid, and out of our element species we really are. And it's the weirdest situation because we're the ones that made it that way. And so I don't think all of us made it that way, by the way. I think some people make it that way, uh, make the world the way that it is. And then for other people, we just have a hard time being in it, being, you know, there's like things outside of our control that, that are done, like, like paying taxes. Somebody goes, this is how this system is. And not everybody sort of jumped in on that. And then we got to like deal with that and we all have to deal with it. It's fine. I mean, things that need to work, for the society we've created, but even bigger than that is this society we've created that has 
become more unnatural so profoundly over time that we are really fish out of water now. We're, we, it's weird because we're living in it, but we're so confused and we're so, there's so much fear. Technology is not helping that, by the way. It's not making us less of those things. It's confusing the crap out of us because we don't know who to believe. We're here, we're getting, and this comes down to studies about nutrition. I mean, this comes down to everything. There's conflicting you know, reports on this and this says this and that says that. We're running around. We don't know how to have, we don't know how to have babies anymore. We don't know how to deal with our issues socially. We're completely just wandering around and we're not getting more adept. You'd think after this many years living in this basically the same kind of society, we'd be like, okay, we got this. We got this, but we don't have it. We're not doing the things that we do to do our things better. And I, one of the things that I came across, what well, Jeff Stanford sent it to me was an article on, actually my wife's, Lisa sent it, um, was on this, it's called The Self-Medicating Animal. And it's really fascinating, I'll, 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 I'll article I'll link to, it's from the New York Times, um, citing all these animals that self-medicate. They know where they don't, they're not quite sure if, if it, they think some animals it's by pure instinct, but then other animals that are maybe a little more intelligent in the way that we are, it's just a different kind of intelligence, but it's more of a creative, you know, scientific method. So try this, that doesn't work. Try that, that doesn't work. Whereas other animals just sort of know where to go. It's too hard. I, to me, I don't know. I, who, who, who knows, but these animals that are going like chimpanzee, having a stomach issue, having a parasite in their gut and eating this one type of leaf, chewing it, spitting it out and drinking the juice. And it's, and, and then they kind of go into like a little fasting thing and then they're like done. They know how to deal with that. There's a direct connection to the, the information that is presented. We, we forget that when we have a stomach ache, that's information. We forget that. We just go, bad stomach ache, Tums now. But, but animals go, what? Something's weird there. Let me figure out what that is because that's my body's telling me something. Um, that you know, you've heard me rail on the whole listen to your body thing because, again, because we're so fish out of water, we talk about listening to our bodies as if that's a craving for, for some sort of cheese that we want. That's not listening to your body. Listening to your body is actually paying attention to the body and what is working and not working. Things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, fat around the midsection, weakened digestion, digestive issues, weakened immune system. These are things that we can actually listen to our bodies and go, okay, can we exhibit or implement rather a more direct connection to those messages and um, and the things and the things that we do about those messages? Can we pay more attention to those things um, and and actually make good? decisions based on those things that's that's my question and this article was really fascinating because it was like we're we're we always go that we're the smartest species but we're the ones wandering around kind of freaking out and 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 you know getting on drugs that are that are you know we we get on forever we don't just like take this thing we don't it's it's very toxic and and again i'm not anti-western medicine at all never have been but certainly i can argue that it's not good to be on medication forever if you don't have to People will, so they can keep eating the hot dogs, but but that's not a good natural solution to that thing. Very fascinating article. Um, but again, we're just we're not we're not connected anymore as much as we I believe could be, and 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 if we were, I think we would be better for it. It's like we took this desire for fun. In, and I think we have this desire for fun. We want to be happy and, and we want to do fun things and have pleasure. And 
we basically created a, a world based on that desire that was completely unchecked. We didn't go, um, we didn't ask the long-term question of like, well, if I do this thing, is it going to be fun long-term? We just stopped at the, this is fun in the moment. Cocaine is fantastic. Therefore, let's do that. And we just did that. And there was no question of no trial and error of like, wow, ooh, we should just kind of put a cork in this thing right away. It's, it's the situation we have found ourselves in, but we just, we, it's unchecked. It's an unchecked reality. And we think that checking it, we think that saying this, too much of, of this so-called good thing is not good for us. We should stop doing those things. We think that's restriction. In our weird brains, we think, well, now that the Pandora's box has been opened and we know what a Big Mac can do, which is light our heads on fire with joy, been there, that if we don't do the Big Mac, that is restriction. We have then convinced ourselves that once you sort of know that thing, that then we should just do whatever we can to justify it. That's the, that's really the, the whole shebang about the protein thing is to justify habits and and pleasure things that are not healthy for us but but the industries that promote that have done an extremely good job marketing to convince people that they need this stuff how great right because then we feel okay about it because we're right about it i need it you you might say it's unhealthy but i know i need this thing that i love and that lights my head on fire and that solves my bad day every day but that doesn't mean it's healthy dig and as we progress in our lives, I, I, I argue that, that if we create glimpses of immediacy, meaning this, if we lived in nature, if we really were wild again, we would do was what wild animals do. There was a much more present existence because in the wild, and again, I'm guessing, but gorillas probably aren't going like, oh, you know, here's the projects that I want to do this summer. I want to get this organized and I want to do this and I want to, I want to write a book or, ah, boy, I have a report due in a week. I should probably get started on that now. It's, a, it's about living in the moment more. And we have to make a concerted actual effort to live in the moment in today's world. How weird is that? That's why we're a fish out of water because I think living in the moment is actually a natural state for us. I think we do extremely well when we live in the moment more than more often than not. I think when we are present, we do better. Our stress is lower. We are happier in the moment. But when we have a, you know, a toy that we want hanging out there on Amazon and we keep checking that thing and we get connected to a joy and a happiness that is associated with that thing and it more often than not is not the th it will not happen. It will be a momentary joy followed by back to whatever it was making you unhappy. It's just, it's like I'd say with cleanses, like uh, you'll be as healthy as you are be, be based on what you do before the cleanse and what you do after the cleanse. Seven day cleanse ain't no, ain't nothing. It can be great. You can have fun at it, but it ain't going to set the stage for anything unless you incorporate long-term change. One of the, one of the things I ask every client is when you start a step, is this something you could do for the rest of your life? Because that's the long-term nature of being a small stepper and being more present in your life is, can I do it today? Can I be present and aware of it today? Not, will this get me the result? We think about results in such a sort of weird way to, in this day and age. We, we want to see results, so-called. Well, if I do this today, am I going to lose 10 pounds in four weeks? Who's thinking four weeks from now? What can you do today that's good for you today? 
What can you do today that is good for you today? In four weeks, you're going to have a day where you're going to also do that too, and it's going to be a different thing than you did today. And your body's going to change the result of that whole process of building a practice in of self-care. But we're out of our element. We really, really are out of our element. We are walking around. We don't know how to do basic stuff, and we're losing the ability to, like I said, act with kindness and compassion with each other. We're not trusting of each other as a species. We walk around paranoid. We're angry, and we're fatigued, and we're vulnerable. We work jobs we don't like. We don't know what to do about food because we hear 15,000 different kinds of things and opinions that are completely contradicting. We don't know what to do about exercise or we think we should do or think we do know, but it's too much, so we don't want to do it at all. Think about the mental energy expended by our species to just figure out what to do the way that animals in the wild are already doing. And that's one of the reasons I advocate so strongly and argue so strongly for approaching the natural in your life most of the time so that you don't have to think about this stuff all the time. So that you can eat well most of the time so that you don't have to think about food anymore. So that you can move your body most of the time so that you don't have to think about exercise anymore. So that if you do think about exercise, it's because maybe you enjoy it. And it's fun. And you go, hey, I'd like to run a race. Let me look into training plans and figure that out. That's a a joy and a fun and it's an adventure. That's not a have to. That's not a should. And of course, our so then we have these kind of one of the, you know, in this article, one of the animals they talked about, like caterpillars, they, they guess they are surmising that caterpillars are instinctually drawn to certain plants if they're not like there's they one of them got infected by this fly kind of whatever. And so the, this, the, the caterpillar knew w- which plant to go to to eat this toxic plant that, would, that basically killed out the parasite that was inside them. And they're guessing that it's just like an instinct. They just know where to go. Well, we, I think we have instincts too. But, but because of this environment that we live in, I think our instincts really make us go astray. And it's like, of course, our gut reaction in today's world is is to do is to try to do less because we have an instinct of minimizing stress. I believe that to be true. No wonder our instinct is going to draw us to high calorie, low health food like processed plants, like animals, like you know, junk food. It's because it's super high in calories with no effort. So there's the perfect duality of existence. Low stress, high energy got You didn't have to do a bunch of stuff to get a ton of energy. The body goes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm designed to do. It just doesn't work well in a world that is totally unfamiliar to us as a species. It works really well in nature. It works really well in nature. In nature, if you have low calorie and you're needing calories, you're going to go instinctually toward the thing that has the highest amount of calories, which would be nuts and seeds, or to go chase down an animal. But you're going to be very careful to chase down that animal because that's a lot of energy expended. You're going to do it if you need to do it. Otherwise, you're going to do the things that are easier because that's how we are designed. But in today's world, in this crazy world that we're living in, we get maximum energy delivered to us, sometimes literally delivered Domino's pizza through our door with minimal expenditure of, of energy or mental stress. It's just too, it's too easy now. We've just created this world where it's just too easy. And we're, and we're a fish out of water. We have to understand, not have to. I want you to think about the fact that what happens to a fish out of water? They don't, well, they die. <laughs> but I know that's a little bit like extreme, but we don't thrive in this situation. 
a fish out of water means that we're in a, an environment that we don't belong in. Are we leaving it? No. Am I leaving it? No. Am I trying to do better within it? Yes. Am I trying to exist a healthier, happier way in the framework of the, of the society? Yes. Mostly for this reason. The idea of going into the wild and all of a sudden doing that full time, I first of all wouldn't even know how to do it because I'm I, we have, we've evolved that out of our our existence. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to tap in. Maybe it would just happen automatically. I don't know. But there's also a lot of stuff that I do love about this society. I'm not advocating that we all chuck it and go live on, in, in, in so called nature because I don't even know where I would do that. It would be somebody's land. Some guy with a beard would be like, "Get off my land!" I'd be like, "I'm just trying to live naturally." Um, and so we, we, we don't want to leave. I, I get it. But I think we do want deep down to try to do better in it. I think deep down the frustration that we have day to day and why we go to listen to all the podcasts that we listen to and the interviews and we read the books and be, is because we're looking. We're always looking. And I think what we're looking for, this is just my guess, is a world or at least an existence that is a little more in tune with us as an animal. That That's just, it's, look, it's my guess. It's a fish saying, I'm out of water, but I want to bring more water into my life day to day because, man, I can tell that when I'm in water, boy, do I feel better and I do better. So when I jump out of the water momentarily, I'm not dying. I've got enough water in my life to where I can be there enough to sort of get ready for times when I'm not. Humans, too. I think we're looking for an environment or how to create an environment. And that's why we read diet books because we want, for whatever reason, you think you want to re- go on a diet, whether it's just weight loss straight up or f- you know, looking better or feeling having more energy, it is because I believe you are looking to create a, a, a new thing in your life, a habit, ideally. I just don't think diets deliver it, but you're looking for a way to eat that is more you in your own environment. It's you living as the human animal more than you were before. We know that because our bodies respond and our minds respond and we be, we achieve that balance. We get to where we feel right about it. I've said this before. When you do something that is you deep down, that's when you feel right. That's when you, 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 it's like, yeah, there's no like, am I deliberating? I'm dying. Does this feel, you go, yes. That is, you know, again, I'm going to come back to the small steps, but that's every small step that you do. When you do that little teeny thing, you get you very used to that feeling that you get like, ah, that felt good. And you don't even say that felt good. It just feels right. You're like, you do that thing. You accomplish that little thing. You do that multiple times per day. Eventually, it builds into bigger things. But even at the beginning, even day one, the accomplishment, the feeling, the, you, every step you do is you being present in that moment, isn't it? Because you look at your steps list and you're doing a step. You're there. You're there. You're engaged. You're not thinking about all the crap that you should be doing and guilty and shame, all the things that you did do wrong, supposedly. You're here. You're in this moment. And in that moment, you are a fish in water. In that moment, you are in your element. You are living the life that you are wanting in that moment. In that moment, the following moment, maybe you're back to the other stuff and you're feeling bad, but there's little, you grab that little moment where it's you and you're, you're back in the water just, just, just for that moment. And what I ask everybody to do if they are looking to achieve increased health and happiness and all the amazing things that come with that are to change your environment wherever you can. Make your home more natural. 
get rid of the food that isn't natural just in your home so that when you're out in the world and you're fish out of water, you're, it's fine. You're not worried about it because the home is, is, is more you. Make your social environment more natural, how you interact with people, less on the technology, more on the physical interaction. Make your body more natural by integrating movement. All these little things make you a fish less out of water. Is this society crazy? Yeah. Is it nutty, nut, nut? Yeah, by every stretch of the imagination. Are we a fish out of water most of the time? Yes, I believe that to be true every time we, walk, we get into a car or a subway. We're, we're doing things that our bodies we can't we have not caught up to it. it we don't it's so weird for us to get into an airplane it becomes sort of a normal thing but it doesn't make it normal for us as a species it doesn't make it normal for us as an animal and i believe we can make incredible gains to acknowledge that we're fish out of water and to say okay well what can i do to counteract that in whatever way that i can can i get that happening today yes via creating a list a steps list. Maybe it has one thing on in the beginning, but it is one thing that creates more and more natural, more present, more aware existence on day one, today, right now. Turn the podcast off. You put a step on a steps list that says one deep breath. You just built in an accomplishment. You just built in a deep freaking breath, by the way, more oxygen less CO2 on a very physical level. You just built in presence, awareness. You built in something that you are paying attention to and doing that you weren't doing before. That is the beginning of a practice of doing that more and more over time. That is the beginning of you becoming a fish less out of water. That is the beginning of you creating an environment that is more appropriate for you as a human animal. That's how you get going. Dig? All right, you guys. I'm going to shut it down this week. I will be back next week for 195, episode 195. Thank you, everybody, for joining me this week. It was lovely to hang out with you all. If you have any questions or comments, email me, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. Thanks again to everybody who has thrown me uh, donations. Uh, it really helps, and I know that I probably should do the Patreon thing. Frankly, I don't even know how to do it. If you could just jump on my podcast and hit the button, it's very easy to do. Set up a monthly thing or just throw me 10 bucks or something that you could do. I would really love it. Okay? Good. That's all that I'm going to say about that. Enjoy the song. I don't know what song I'm going to put at the end of this, but enjoy that. And until next week, will you guys do me a, oh, just one last favor before I shut down, before next week. Be well.
Nothing, nothing, nothing. 